The Hard Work Works Fitness app is available right now. Three workouts per week that require minimal to no equipment at all. It comes with video demonstrations, nutrition guide to learn to eat healthier, and so much more. All of this for just $10 a month. You can cancel anytime and keep all your workouts. Decide, commit, succeed, and join the hustle with the Hard Work Works Fitness app today. Welcome to Haunters Podcast, a show dedicated to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and all things macabre. (laughs) Now here are your hosts, Mr. Wonderful and Zach Hilton. Welcome everybody to a special episode of Haunters Podcast. I am Mr. Wonderful. With me is Zach Hilton. Hello, y'all. And this episode, Zach, uh, I think it's very safe to say, uh, going into this day, we were really, really scared, really terrified. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't speak for you, to but a legend you grew up with. Oh, I, <laughs> not even grew up with, but in my case, for me as a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, watching Nightmare Three, one of my favorites, before doing this interview. Yeah. Like he shaped me in horror. I, I cannot hammer this home enough when I constantly repeat it. And I know I constantly say it, but you know, they say with a good storyteller, tell your stories over and over again, because somebody might hear it for the first time, but for real, if this is your first time hearing it, Freddy Krueger, that's my guy, Robert England right. playing that. Like, that's my guy. I, I do not like that reboot remake thing. And it is mainly because it's missing Robert. Like, there's something about him and that character that so this means the world to me and god man this is what an interview this ends up being as well (laughs) yeah oh absolutely like i mean spoiler alert we've already done it this is our we could only (laughs) do this after the fact yeah (laughs) obviously we sound excited yes i mean he is a legend freddy krueger is such an iconic role that majority of horror fans love they love robert england's take on it and my god the man tells us so many stories answers our questions in such the best ways you guys are in for a treat you're in for such a treat that the interview literally began before we even realized the interview began like that's yep. that's how good this guy is at being a conversationalist uh and yeah uh, i really do i cannot wait for you guys to hear it so it w- i guess we'll take a really fast time out play yep. a really quick promo and when we come back uh it'll already have begun uh, so don't think you you missed any of it when it begins it it has already begun you will hear the raw from the very moment we got him on the call to the very last moment he waved goodbye because I got to watch him on video the entire time. Yeah, yeah, I watched him too. Oh, oh I took so many pictures. So, uh, yeah, go me to our home. Oh, yeah. Share them with me because I'm going to post them. Uh, I will. Uh, and maybe some of you have seen my really bad attempt at doing a Kevin Smith ironic post uh, with me taking a selfie in front of it. So, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just saying. I had a lot of nightmares leading up to this interview as if somebody dug razor claws into my stomach. Thankfully, I didn't have to dial 986 evil for this conversation. Yeah, it's it's all there, baby. Uh, but without any further ado, let's take that time out and we'll present to you Robert England on the other side. Are we not going to talk about what you just did? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Josh. And I'm Rob. 
and we are from the Diz Noids Podcast. Join us each week as we try to keep our random ramblings in check. That's right. Dive into our cauldron with the sweetness of recipes from theme parks to movies to music to comics to any and everything we can talk about. Our jibber-jabber knows no boundaries, but our expertise in these fields will be sure to make your ear holes smile. That's right. Follow us each week with our episodic adventures with a side of sarcasm to lead us through the magical forest of pop culture. You can find us where all podcasts are found, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and even on Facebook. Just search The Disnoids. That's right, my wonderful, wonderful friends. As always, stay metal. This is Nick and Zach. Yes. Yes, sir. This is Robert England, I presume. Oh, I think I am. Man. Yeah, oh. I had to get some coffee, guys. I've been doing this since dawn. No, no. Oh, that's, my hmm. goodness. That's Thank you so off. much for staying late with us. My pleasure. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, I guess. You guys do it. Yeah, let's do this. All right. We're, we're living. Oh, my goodness. How are you doing today, sir? I'm real good. Where are you guys? We are based out of Virginia. So. They shoot all of the uh, second unit reenactments, reenactments uh, outside of uh, uh, Richmond. Oh, all right. Well, we yeah. we Man, know that because I love Richmond, and and I'm hoping I've shot I shot a movie there, and I, I did a personal appearance at the university. But I'm hoping to get back if they're still using that area for location next year. If we get picked up, because I'd like to kind of get uh, on some of the episodes, I'd like to kind of be there as myself to do the wrap up. Uh, I, I think it would be nice, kind of like that old, uh, in the old Twilight Zone. Sometimes you'd be on the set at the end and there'd be a, a, a crushed pair of glasses, spectacles, or there'd be a, an old uh, rocking horse and then the camera would would pan off it. And you'd find yourself looking at Rod Serling there smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he would kind of tie up the loose ends of the show and kind of encapsulate it. But he would actually be in the world of the episode, which I thought, even though he'd be contemporarily dressed, I really like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, I, I'm just uh, going to reset it right here really quickly, Robert. But uh, this is Robert England, folks, on Haunter's podcast. He is the host, the man, the legend, the icon, the the god among God in my world of horror franchises. Uh, but he is now the host of a six part series on travel channel. True terror with Robert England airs every Wednesday night at 10. You can, uh, stay up to date. Use the hashtag true terror as well. Uh, three episodes are out by the time this dropped, but you were just talking about how doing a lot of the secondary shooting, uh, out here in our state of Virginia, out of Richmond. Uh, and then you were throwing out the idea cause you don't end the show. It looks like you actually do the show. Is that on a set or in front of a green screen? Well, I'm on a sound stage. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm on a sound stage, and and then I narrate the show as well. So right. my challenge has been to blend my sort of on camera persona, Robert England, a guy that likes dark stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, your host, a little bit of Vincent Price, a little bit of Rod Serling. Uh, <laughs> But I'm, I'm kind of blending that into the narration, which sometimes needs to be quite matter-of-fact, conversational, and then sometimes I'm setting up something really dark, and it's a little poetic. And it's all just slightly uh, old-timey, because 
almost all of our stuff is 19th century. We have a little bit of early 20th century stuff, but all of our urban legends and all of our ghost stories and, and all of our dark tales sourced out of American newspapers. So it's this real interesting kind of uh, uh, hindsight a distance, historically distanced look at stuff that captivated Americans. And and that's really kind of what, what, what brought me to the show. Okay, so that's what brought you into becoming the host of it while you're there. Do you get hooked into the stories? Like, do you do the research with them or do they give you packets and stuff like that? Well, I've got recommendations for them for next season. I just read uh, The Devil in the White City about the Chicago's, Chicago World's Fair in 1893, the, uh, the, the Panama Exposition, and the uh, serial killer, H.H. Uh, Holmes, who exploited yes. all of that. And there's just amazing uh, source material there uh, for, for next season. Uh, and I just heard today uh, uh, about someone that, that, that found a news article about uh, the Amityville house a hundred years before the first movie was made. Oh, what? that's great because yeah. uh, I. That sounds like a prequel? That sounds like a. <laughs> listen, hey, I'm from Long Island. I know where that Amity house is. That used to be a dare growing up, was to drive down that way. Uh, so well, I would love to. This is the local newspaper talking about strange stuff going on there. And it's like from 1880. Oh, that sounds great. Mm. So so I, I take it then that you are very involved in finding these stories as well, that you're kind of in that room. I, I'm hoping to be. That's okay. the point of my what I just told you. I'm hoping to be. They had done the research uh, both before and the, after I was aboard uh, as host and narrator. And... And I, I, I'd never heard any of those uh, of those particular stories before. Um, I, I knew some strange stuff about the uh, 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 yellow fever and the smallpox uh, plagues. Uh, sound familiar uh, in um, <laughs> in New Orleans? But uh, I, I didn't know the one the, the, the story that we told. I hadn't heard that one before. Uh, I'd heard stories about that. From Europe, I know I knew that was happening in Europe. I didn't realize it was happening in America. And I love that's a true story. That's abs that's absolutely certifiably true terror. Uh, and uh, uh, as opposed to others that are maybe source source uh, urban legend. But uh, I really that one's really works on a lot of levels. Not only is it true, uh, you have that historical distance to it to, to, to kind of you know, hook you into it without it being, you know, too much like what's going on today. But then you, it's also that great primal fear that we all have, which is the, the fear of being suffocated, the fear of being buried alive, much like the fear of drowning or, or, or burning, or, you know, there's a there, fear of, you know, there's a, and then there's also fear of flying too. Mm -hmm. Some people enjoy that dream, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I've studied that in school and I also, have acquainted myself with some of that stuff because of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. But uh, that's real primal stuff. 
you know that that buried alive episode. That's it, it's well, that's that's some good stuff. I really, yeah, too. Re- really fast. Good Zach, I, I'm a big snob about makeup, and I I like the uh, smallpox makeup in that. All right, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna really sorry Zach to cut you off on this, but I was gonna say oh, no you've problem. been you've been hitting that one a lot. Is that the story that really stuck with you the most? The buried alive. It was. There's one tonight too. Uh, oh yes. The, the reason those, the reason the two I'm going to tell you about stick with me the most is because they are definitely true terror. Um, sometimes on the show I say, "What? What if that happened? What if that was real? Well, you know, could could that have really happened?" Um, and obviously, with historical hindsight, science and medicine uh, have disproved some of these. Uh, obviously, we're not as superstitious. We're more educated now, uh, but but it's interesting to look back a hundred years and see what the American psyche and imagination was open to, and and this is stuff that was in newspapers. These are newspaper articles. We sourced, and I'm not a big Bigfoot fan, but we sourced our Bigfoot story, our Sasquatch. I hate the word Bigfoot, but our Sasquatch. <laughs> story because it's Sasquatch is part of Native American Indian lore. Uh, but we, we sourced our Sasquatch episode segment uh, from none other than the president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt. Yep. We right. have quotes and diary and sightings. So I, that's that thing that just gives you that kind of, well, well, Sasquatch has been around for over a hundred years. Wait a minute. Native Americans were talking about Sasquatch in the in the in the 1700s. Whoa, uh, you know. Then it, it, it that whole urban legend thing. At least you see it stood the test of time, whether you choose to believe it or not. And then the one tonight that we were talking about, the ones that I like the best, and these are, and I mentioned them because they are unequivocally true terror. And the one tonight is about the guy who who's fallen in love and he loses the love of his mm-hmm. life and uh, he doesn't bury her. He keeps mm. her. And uh, this is true also. And I was talking to somebody today who'd gone online after seeing our episode and did the research on it. Some more, he was talking about you know, the fruits that he put inside her to preserve her, to keep her from smelling. Whoa, creepy stuff. <laughs> it, 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 I like it because I wonder if that particular urban legend, uh, and it's not an urban legend, it's a fact, this particular story that's on tonight's show, I wonder if Alfred Hitchcock ha- was familiar with it. Oh. As of Psycho, yeah. yeah. Right. Anthony Perkins, mother! <laughs> mother! Dear, 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 dear. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's great! I do, I do like this uh, episode that airs tonight. We got to see it. Actually, our friend is in the first uh, story dial A for Afterlife. She's ah. the wife. She plays the oh. wife of the the phone. Um, but really quickly, you know, you are killing it on True Terror. We love it, and I just want to know: Are you getting a new fan base? Through it, I know. I mean, obviously, we know you as Freddie, but are you getting a new kind of like people just coming up to you and saying, "Love this show. We love that you're telling us these true terrors." Well, I haven't been out in public much since we right. premiered. Oh, obviously. obviously. <laughs> so, uh, and I know our ratings are going up every week. Um, 
you know, it's interesting. I have almost three generations of fans now from Nightmare mm-hmm. on the Street. Uh, my original fans who saw it in the movies. And then the fans that came on board with the old videos, early VHS and mom and pop video stores. And then the more sophisticated uh, uh, blockbuster and uh, the, the added extras on the videos and the box sets and then DVDs and then Blu-rays and uh, flat screens. So my movies and not just my nightmare movies, but other movies, I, I, you know, when Bradley Cooper's uh, star is born came out, a lot of people were watching the old star is born versions with Judy Garland and, and gosh, they go way back uh, Janet Gaynor and mm-hmm. the one from Streisand that I'm in. And I was getting stopped on the street. People couldn't believe I was in the Barbara Streisand Star is Born. <laughs> and uh, so what's, what's happened with me and with a lot of actors of my generation is even though we, even some of us have done little art movies or movies that were not hits when they were released theatrically, um, a lot of times those movies have been discovered subsequently either on VHS or on DVD, or now even with streaming. Uh, I'm getting residuals for the first time in 20 years that I haven't, I'm getting old, you know, Charlie's Angels residuals and police story residuals and that old TV show Soap. I got a residual from Soap the other day because there's the retro, the retro streaming television channel on. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing with movies. People constantly find, uh, you know, little box sets of classic horror movies, or they'll they'll rediscover a, a, a so-called cult film uh, or an art film that I did, you know, some you know back in the '70s or the '80s, or that I did recently. I, I have a film that I did back in 2016 called uh, uh, the last. No, I want to say last screening. Um, uh, what's it called? Like a run, last showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanted it to be called Midnight Man. I thought, uh, not Midnight Man, Mid- uh, Midnight Movie, I thought was the best title for it. But it, they, they, they had an awkward title. It's the British way of saying Midnight Movie. They say the, the last showing. And it, it, it sounds like a Project Runway thing. Um, <laughs> it, but it was a hit in Australia because they know what the title means. Right. Great news, but didn't do it. But now, our last two or three uh, film festivals and conventions that I've gone to, I've met an extra 30, 40, 50 people that have discovered that movie. And they they say, you know, for every uh, person that you meet that discovers something like that, you multiply it by 1,400. And that's how it's exponentially expanding, mm. kind of like coronavirus. No, but it's exponentially <laughs> expanding. Uh, that, that's how many people that I'll never meet have found that movie online mm-hmm. or streamed it or found it in the cult section on one of the networks, streaming networks. And that's just great for all of us actors. It gives us different generations of fans and some films that fall through the cracks get rediscovered or some films that fall through the cracks recently, you can talk them up more, more quickly uh, uh, on, on, on Twitter and, and, you know, other platforms. You can, you can challenge the fans to go find them and watch them. And I, I've been doing, doing that you know with a lot of projects um you know uh things that i've i've found i've been telling everybody to see one especially uh hold you know hold hold the dark Mm -hmm. uh 
uh, uh, Alexander Skarsgård and uh, uh, Kylie uh, Riley Keough, Riley Keough, Alexander Skarsgård, and Jeffrey Wright uh, from uh, Westworld. But it's just it's got one of the best shootouts in the history of movies, and it's really dark and it's really crazy, and my genre fans will love it. But nobody saw this movie, and it's impeccably directed uh, mm-hmm. and acted. Just a great film. So, but that, it was not a hit and it fell through the cracks. But I have movies like that. I have a half a dozen movies like that. And they're getting rediscovered or they're, or they're, people are finding them. And some of them are recent, some of them in the last 10 years, you know. And it's, that's this great gift that uh, we, we have now. And, and I think it's the, I, I just think it's something that we should all, all be proud of and all exploit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's funny you mentioned uh, kind of how the different generations and and obviously uh, for me, my exposure to Robert England was Freddy Krueger at a super inappropriate young age because my father loved the movies and didn't yeah. think there was anything wrong when I walked out and he was watching Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 and I just sat down and watched it with him. Uh, but I, with that being said, I actually did reach out to my father because I was like, Hey, I'm going to talk to a guy who you introduced me to, you love, and you mentioned different movies and stuff. His question for you today actually involves a movie you directed. Uh, You made your directing debut in 1988 with 986 Evil, which a good movie if nobody's seen it. Go check that out. How many movies and TV directing jobs have you done, and do you prefer acting or directing? Well, my problem is, and and again, I I love the genre, and I'm a fanboy, but I'm not my gifts as a director uh, are not in the genre uh, because most horror and science fiction and fantasy where, where I, I've spent a lot of my time in directing, you're constantly dealing with effects now. Uh, they're effect heavy. And not only are you dealing, when you shoot, are you dealing with the clock, tick tock, tick tock, and every tick and every talk is money. But you're also always anticipating, oh, tomorrow I've got this big effect or Friday I've got this big effect. And is it going to work? And have they solved it yet? And it's not something I can do. I can't solve that effect. I can direct it the best of my ability. I can understand it from my special effects crew. But that's kind of like having an ulcer. It's not Mm -hmm. fun. Um, And you're fighting the clock a lot directing film. Uh, and I've directed a couple of movies and I've directed a half a dozen hours of television, but it's, I, I think if I do any more directing, it'll probably be theater or not at all. Um, I have one or two ideas, uh, that I might like to put up on, on a stage. Um, I, there were movies, I, there were movies that I spent a year of my life trying to get made. I was a year in Italy. Uh, trying to get a, a movie made, an old Russian uh, folktale uh, about a fallen angel uh, that I, I, I struggled and struggled and struggled, kind of like uh, the, 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 the Jewish folktale of the Dybbuk. Yes. This was a Russian folktale about a, a fallen angel and uh, uh, who becomes evil uh, and takes over a little village. And I loved it. And I, gosh, I was talking to Donald Sutherland and I was talking to Christopher Lee and I was talking to the wonderful Amanda Plummer and Lance Hendrickson and all these terrific actors and Italian movie stars and, and I, I, a year of my life. And then uh, the recession hit and uh, all the money dried up in, in, in Rome and in uh, Madrid. 
And uh, there goes a year of my life. Now, I had fun, you know, going to small villages all over Italy. But I, that's, I, w- I wasn't a young man then. And I had that movie. I could have done that movie. And that was a big project. But after a year of my life and all the parts I turned down, the acting jobs I turned down, and the voiceover jobs I turned down, and, and the travel that I turned down, uh, I, I just don't know if I could ever go through that again and not have right. it come to fruition. I don't really have a pet project I want to direct any longer. Gotcha. That mm-hmm. was probably the last one. And again, if I did have a pet project, it's probably not genre. Um, I'm m- more the kind of movie that I know I could direct without stress and using my gifts with casting and my gifts with art direction and uh, uh, location. Uh, scouting. Uh, those are my gifts. I have to surrender a lot to my cameraman uh, because I, I, I'm just not as contemporary with the new camera techniques as I should be. But I'm the kind of guy that should be would be directing something like that great movie that Robert Duvall did where he played the, the old country singer ah, yes. uh, <clears throat> for Mercies. That's, that's really sort of my style. Uh, and everybody wants me to direct horror. But everything that comes across my, my plate is uh, just so effects laden. Uh, it, it just scares me. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go where to Montreal to go to Montreal or to go to Winnipeg or to go to uh, uh, you know Illinois or Cleveland and and have to uh, uh, just have this you know kind of knot in my stomach for eight weeks. You know, it's I just I'm too old for that you know, anymore. Um, and I'm a little spoiled as an actor now. I like, you know, I, I, I know how to make my demands as an actor, uh, and then how to defend my space as an actor on a set and in a project. And, uh, and I'm a little spoiled by that. And I, I just don't, I think it's a little too late for me to go out there and, and work 20 hour days as a, as a director again. Right, right. Well, you are a fantastic actor, and just I'd kill myself if I didn't ask this. My favorite nightmare is Wes Craven's nightmare, and I love the fact that's my favorite too. Awesome, because I love the fact that you play a version of yourself, the sequel version of Freddy, and then a demon version of Freddy. And I was just wondering, how do you, how did you come up with that? Because you are a terrific actor and to separate all three was just so wonderful well you know we we all knew going in that was going to be fun to send ourselves up you know to play ourselves as these very successful actors more successful than we actually were at that time although we were all doing well um and and, you know that was fun uh i I loved that bill tarazakis demon makeup uh a, a short parenthetical about that though is that they were worried about me leaking because I did, that was a lot of underwater work in that makeup. Mm. And they mm. were, that the makeup would, would, would leak and I'd, I'd fill up like a water balloon. And uh, so they double glued me with a colostomy bag, medical adhesive. And we, I couldn't get that makeup off. And ah. they scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed. And I was raw, my skin was raw by the time we got done. Uh, and uh, I had, I worked the next day in the, in the standard Freddie makeup and my skin was just, you know, blistered and, and raw. And I, thank God I made it till Friday. And then I had, I think I had a week off. So my wife and I just disappeared up to some little hippie town, uh, outside of, uh, 
of Vancouver, Canada, uh, on the island there. And, uh, and I healed, you know, I just stayed in the hot tub, excuse me, for a week. But yeah, that was, um, that was, that was, that, that was tricky. Uh, Freddie, Freddie was a little different in uh, Freddie versus, I mean, in West Kramer's New Nightmare. Freddie was kind of an uber Freddie. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he was the what if, the meta concept that Wes was trying to get across in that was that we had all made a lot of money and become very successful off of this myth or legend that Wes Craven had exploited about this child killer, Freddy Krueger. And the what if was, what if Freddy was real or the essence of Freddy was real, that there really was a real evil and that, that this evil was angry uh, at, at our success and our exploitation of his essence, of his evil essence, and began to turn it on us. Mm. And in, fa- in fact, there was a, a sequence that was never shot uh, for budgetary reasons where the character of Robert England, Robert England, the actor who plays Freddy Krueger, Robert England uh, has a nightmare. And I'm in bed with my wife, and the camera would come down from above, from the ceiling, and I was tossing and turning, and we would go into my dream, and it was me wrapped and cocooned in a giant spider web with one hand up, struggling to get out of the cocoon, just like the fly, the original fly with Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Help me, help me. <laughs> and I'm trying to get out of, the, uh, out of the, the cocoon, and I look up, and a shadow falls across my face as I look up. And you see a giant shot, an effect shot of a spider coming down, a giant black widow coming down to get me. And then the reverse over my cocooned shoulder is the underbelly of the giant spider. And it's the black widow. And it, instead of it being red, it's striped red and green. Uh, like uh, so green. It would mean that I, I was, I felt trapped, you know, imprisoned by the success of Freddie, and it was by, you know, that was my nightmare. But we uh, never got around to show that. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrific little movie, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I, I, yes, I've actually said that that movie was well ahead of its time because of how self-aware you guys really were with all of that. Um, well, it's very, yeah, but you know what happened? Audiences came back to that movie. They, they all went to see Scream. Mm-hmm. And yep. they saw Scream 1 and Scream 2, and those movies were very meta, and they were about them, and they were smart, and they were agile, and they had the Jamie Kennedy character and everything. <laughs> and so now, after a Scream or two, you could go back to Wes Craven's new nightmare, and people started picking up on the subtlety and the Easter eggs and the meta yeah. uh, uh, aspect of new nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've talked about, obviously you have an idea to bring Freddie back to the big screen. You've portrayed him numerous times on the big screen on television. Uh, you know, we, we forget there was a whole TV series uh, that, that for Freddie's nightmares, uh, you were just on the Goldbergs last year. Uh, but do you think we will see Freddie Krueger back on the big screen? And how likely is it that you will get to portray him one more time? Well, I won't portray him again. I'm too old. Uh, and, and, and I'm a Hollywood kid, and I know that everything gets remade, and that, that's something I've certainly made peace with and understand. Uh, 
we forget that the movies of our grandparents and our, our great-grandparents uh, were remakes of silent movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we're always remaking movies. No, my hope is that the, the, the rights have been restored to the West Craven estate. And uh, I, I have briefly been acquainted with both Wes's son, Jonathan, and his daughter. And they're real <laughs> smart, smart people. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that they will find the right direction to go, either as a reboot or with original stuff. I just hope they spend some time, especially now, as we're all kind of uh, staying at home for a while here. Uh, I'm sure that probably in the last 10 years, there's a couple at least terrific scripts out there uh, that have been stuck on a shelf somewhere at New Line Cinema or over with Platinum Dunes, uh, you know, Michael Bay's company. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would imagine maybe a half a dozen scripts that should be taken out and dusted off and looked at and see they probably have some really good bones and maybe they could just be updated a little bit um, as well as looking at all the new stuff from young people uh, and the new ideas that people are bringing them about uh, the, uh, the the sort of, uh, you know, the, 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 the Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street uh, paradigm. Right. right. And I'm I'm for sure you I mean, you are home at the time because of everything that, that's going on. But you got to be looking for some good stuff for season two for True Terror. Right. Well, I you know, I've got my eye clicked again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to my boys. You know, everything's sort of on hold and postponed right now. And right. Uh, I, and I'm and I've got two big projects that are both <laughs> are waiting and so I and I don't imagine anybody getting anything started until midsummer. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you know, I, I'm really going to have a long phone conversation with my my producer friends and and have them all read during this downtime the uh, the Devil in the White City. I really want to get some of that on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and- I'm going to also tell them that that stuff about Amityville. Now I've got my, you know, my eyes always open to, to, to cool new stuff. Um, one of the ones that I, that I've just started to become interested in is I've, I, I was told about some really interesting stuff that happened. Uh, I, I, you know, with ghost ships and, uh, uh, things like that, that happened on the East coast where they, right. you know, during, yeah. during the whaling history of America, mm-hmm. Uh, there were some boats that returned to harbor empty with no men on board and uh, mm. not one person, not even a cabin boy, uh, <laughs> just empty. where did everybody go? You know, yeah. right. kind of like, you know, which, which, you know, has a, it treads a little bit on the vampire myth of Dracula and how he arrived, you know, in, in London. But it also, I mean, it just, it, it also, you can, can lean a little bit, but into uh, the craziness and the H.P. Lovecraft aspect of that recent movie, The Lighthouse, you know, with William Dafoe and Robert movie. Pattinson and that kind of sea mm. shanty, that kind of sea shanty folk tale, you know, yeah. evil mermaids and and things like that, yeah. or uh, uh, places that you know vortexes that sucked boats into certain areas where they crashed on the rocks you know i that that stuff kind of intrigues me too and i think mm-hmm. there's stories about that some uh east coast you know kind of maine to boston you know it's that same killing field from perfect storm there's a there's a lot of history there a lot of stuff went on there that's real dark 
kind of Moby Dick Americana. Right. Yeah, right. Well, uh, Robert, I know our time is running out and trust me, the two of us could talk your ear off probably for about another two and a half hours. Uh, but b- before we let you go, uh, I did just want to say this one thing. I think Freddy Krueger got robbed in that fight versus Jason. Well, you know, the way I look at it, Freddy got his ass kicked up between his shoulder blades. But right. As long, but, but Jason's met me now. Jason has encountered Freddy. Uh, and in whatever is left of Jason's, you know, machine-like animal survivor, uh, revenge mind, he's encountered Freddy and if, and every, and and Jason dreams, he must dream. He does rest. And Mm -hmm. when Jason dreams, if he dreams of Freddy, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get that puck face, (laughs) spin him around and like a top. Oh my goodness. I love it. Thank you so much. He is Robert England. He is a living legend. He is the host of the six part miniseries on travel channel, true terror with Robert England every Wednesday night at 10. Thank you so much, sir, for taking time out of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Oh man, so there it is. Listening back to that again, I don't know how the hell we got through that. <laughs> I don't know. I was shaking the entire time, but like he answered all the questions I needed. He gave us things I didn't even know I wanted. And I love True Terror so much. I'm and I don't know if you caught it, but it seems like season two is greenlit already. So yeah. let's go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't blame it for not being greenlit because it is a really good show. Uh, I know yeah. I have, We you mentioned it in the interview, but and we've kind of, I think we've joked about it, but we did get the screeners to watch the entire season. I know I cranked out that whole season prior to even watching the Tiger King because uh, I yeah. wanted to, I, I really was getting hooked into it. And I got to say uh, from three episodes have already dropped. Uh, By the time you hear this, they're all available to stream travelchannel.com. If you have the Travel Channel app, because you cut cable like myself, it's a great place to go uh, to watch the show and everything. But yeah, uh, the first three episodes, really good. But I'm telling you, these back three episodes, if you you think the April 1st episode had some scary tales in it, whoo, man, the the Bad Omens finale, I'm, I'm not even, no spoilers, but it deals with nightmares. Uh-huh. And, and some of those stories, man, are really, truly wow. 
just wow, wow. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Like, uh, they're wow. Like wow. Post, Post Malone right now is is singing about wow, true terror, because he's like, wow. Not like, oh, the Dallas Cowboys. He's like, wow. Robert what England be winning. Owen Wilson. <laughs> Owen Wilson there being like, wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. But <laughs> but yes, no, thank you uh, for Robert. That true terror is very wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was an honor and a privilege to have him on the show. Make sure yes. you check out True Terror on the Travel Channel Wednesday at 10. There's three episodes left. Get to them. Make sure you sign up for our Patreon to get exclusive content like the Slasher Report that releases this Saturday. Just for a dollar helping out our show, you get uh, new episodes and stuff like that. We always crank out new episodes every Wednesday. Unless if you're a Patreon member, you get it a day earlier. Uh, And yeah. Just listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, Apples, you know, all that. All them streaming services, and please rate and review the show wherever you listen to it, and share it with a friend, uh, especially this interview. Please share this interview oh, with a friend. Share the hell out. Uh, yeah, uh, and and maybe if our numbers are good, because you guys shared it, maybe we'll get Robert England for longer than 30 minutes next time uh, uh, for season two, guys. I'm just saying. Make this make this show work so I can get him on a on in person interview and we'll put it up on video on our YouTube Hunters podcast. Come on, come on, do it. Come on, do it. What are you waiting for? Do it. What are you waiting for? Come on. One, two, one, two, Zach is coming for you. Three, four, wonderful is gonna stop in the door. Five, six, you better pick up your crucifix because seven, eight, we gonna kill you. Uh, all right. I'll I take it. I like it. And with that being said Oh, damn it. I, I lost it. I was going to say something clever with a nightmare, but I'm just going to say, stay scary, my friends. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a pun at the end. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Haunter's Podcast. Don't forget to tell a friend and you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services just by searching Haunter's Podcast. You can tweet us at Haunter's P-O-D. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching Haunters Podcast. Until next time, don't open that door or check under your bed. Make sure your doors are locked and the lights are on. You never know when the next scare will come for you.